have for us today. These and all bless you, wax in the mighty, precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Baptist Church announcements. Thank you. Your kind expression of sympathy is deeply appreciated and gratefully acknowledged during this time. We are so thankful for the beautiful plant, your prayers, and words of comfort. The Harris family. Greetings, pastor and congregation. The Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church family cordially invites you and your congregation to join us as we celebrate our 106th church anniversary on Sunday, August 20th at 11 o'clock a.m. Our theme is Planting Seeds for a New Crop, 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8. We are looking to have a spirit-filled service worshiping and praising God for all he has done. We look forward to our Christian fellowship with you. It is our prayer that God continues to bless you and your church family. Yours in Christ, the Anniversary Committee, Reverend Eddie Gilbert Pastor. Macedonia Missionary Baptist Church is located at 1460 East Seminole Trail in Bartow. Hello family and friends. I wanted to post a quick update while in the midst of my conference trip here in New Orleans that so many of you helped me to attend. The pictures included in this post can't begin to tell you the amount of opportunity and excitement that I have accumulated here on this trip from one of the original Tuskegee Airmen to top industry workers from my own county. Trust that the world is a smaller place than you realize, yet larger than you would believe. I can't wait to post another update and give you more insight into what I am experiencing here. Again, thank you and love you all. Danny is attending the Organization of Black Aerospace Professional Conference in New Orleans. Danny is a senior at Florida Memorial University with a major in Aeronautical Science Aviation. And in case you're wondering, yes, he is the pilot in this plane. Happy birthday to those celebrating during the month of August. August 1st, Sister Gwen Baker. August 7th, Sister Carletta Stevens. August 8th, Sister Gloria Bell. August 12th, Pastor Pickett and Brother Jalen Rose. August 14th, Sister Kathy Pickett. August 15th, Sister Dorothy Granger. August 18th, Sister Barbara Moore Blake. August 22nd, Sister Sabrina Radford and Mother Speed. August 27th, Mother Jennings. August 28th, Sister Ruby Hudson and Sister Ashley Small. August 30th, Sister Deborah Long and August 31st, Sister Yolanda McKay. If we have omitted your birthday, please see Sister Vivian Browning. Tithes and offering can be mailed to Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, PO Box 233, Bartow, Florida 33831, 
or placed in the collection boxes in the rear of the church. Weekly activities, Sunday, devotion from 8.45 to 8.55 a.m., morning worship beginning at 9 o'clock a.m. Weekly activities via conference call, Sunday school, 11 o'clock a.m. to 12 o'clock p.m., the adult class and the disciples cross. Morning time of prayer, Monday through Friday from 5.45 to 6.15 a.m., Bible study, Wednesdays at 12 noon and 6 o'clock p.m., Friday prayer meeting from 6 to 6.30 p.m. For conference call information, please contact us at area code 863-533-7007 or email us at mygoodhopembc at gmail.com. Remember, if you are listening via conference call, please place your phone on mute. Welcome to Good Hope. If you are visiting Good Hope, we would like to take this opportunity to welcome you to our service. We are so happy you are here. Let us give God glory and honor for the opportunity that he has given us to be here today to share his word and Christian love. Again, you are welcome. This concludes the announcements. Amen. Time to say a heartfelt thank you to all of you. We, my kids, my children, were filled with joy at seeing you all at the renaming of our street, Ken Riley's Way, and the love and support throughout Kenneth's journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023, number 368. Amen. We know that the hands of God was at work. We will be forever grateful for your support, kindness, and love. Indeed, you all revealed the true foundation of Good Hope Missionary Baptist Church, kindness and love. May the grace of God be with you all, and thank you. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go ahead and give God a round of applause. We are so honored that Brother Riley was enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame, y'all. It is so, so good to see all of your lovely faces. It's good to be back. God is truly, truly good. Uh, happy birthday. There's a lot of there's a lot of August birthdays. I'm telling you, what was going on? I have to look, I have to count back nine months and see what was going on during that time. All right. Well, happy birthday. Happy anniversary to all those who are celebrating. So, Stevens and I just want to thank you for your prayers and all of your support as we went through uh, our, our battle with COVID. We are back. We're COVID-free. God is good. And y'all know what? There's a word from the Lord today, y'all. Y'all going to love this message. Amen. 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 Good morning, Good Hope. The psalmist said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. 
He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. The Lord reigns. God, our Heavenly Father, we do believe that today. And Lord, we're holding on to that. Lord, that you are, you are planting us firm and strong like a palm tree. And God, we are thankful that you are our God. We're thankful you are our Father. We're thankful we are your children. And Lord, right now, we pray that your Holy Spirit will feel welcome in this place. And not only in our building here today as we gather, but Lord, that your Holy Spirit will feel welcome in each and every one of our hearts and lives today. Lord, show us if there's anything that is unlike you in our life. And Lord, may we repent of it. May we confess it. May we get rid of it before we leave this place today because we want to be wholly yours. Lord, bless us now as we worship you and lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Jesus' holy name we pray. And God's people said, Amen.
mighty God. Because we need a mighty God when it comes to helping us, right? And that is exactly the God that we have. The God of the universe. Amen. Our scripture passage today is going to come from Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look together at verses 35 to 41. Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. Do we have it up there? Yes, we do. Let's read responsively then. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And St. Mark wrote, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And together, they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. May God add his blessing to the hearing and reading of his holy word. Yeah. 
You said in your word that we can come boldly to the throne. And Lord, we can bring requests. And Lord, we do that just right now. We are coming boldly to the throne. We come on the authority of Jesus, your son. We don't come because we are great in and of ourselves. We don't come because we are holy and righteous in and of ourselves. But we come through the power of your Holy Spirit in the name of your Son, Jesus. And we come to you, our God, God our Father. And we love you so much. Father, we pray that you would have right away in our hearts and lives today. Lord, in a few moments, we're going to hear the word of God spoken to us by the man of God. Lord, in the house of God, a message that you have given to him for the people of God. Father, we're thankful. We're thankful for Pastor Pastor Stevens. We're so thankful, Lord, for our senior pastor, Dr. Pickett. Lord, all of our staff here, and Lord, our ministry leaders. Lord, everyone who calls Good Hope their home, we are so grateful. Lord, I have found a family here, and I thank you for that. And Lord, right now we want to pray for those who have spiritual needs first and foremost in their lives. Lord, search our hearts right now and see if there be anything that is unlike you. Lord, in our thoughts, Lord, in our words, Lord, in our deeds, Lord, search our hearts. And Father, if there be anything, oh God, may we confess it, may we repent of it, may we lay it at the foot of the cross before we leave this place. And Father, may we experience your forgiveness and your peace in our lives today. Father, I pray for those with physical needs, and Lord, just ask right now that you would be the divine physician. Lord, you provided healing some 2,000 years ago. We have the stories of your son Jesus walking on this earth and reaching out his hand, providing healing and wholeness and health. But, oh God, your Holy Spirit does that very same thing today. So, Father, we're praying that your Holy Spirit would just be in this place, Lord, touching and bringing wholeness and health. Lord, not only physically, but mentally as well, emotionally. Oh, God, we have traumas from the past. We have things that, be, that sometimes we brought on ourselves and sometimes other people have brought them on us. Oh, God, we need wholeness and health and healing from that. And your Holy Spirit can provide that. So, oh God, have mercy upon us today. Have mercy upon us today. Father, we also know that some people need healing in their finances and just in their ability to, to get along in this world. And Lord, we know that it takes money, it takes finances, but we also know that you own the cattle on a thousand hills. And Lord, you are able to throw open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon us. Oh God, may we be faithful. May we be faithful as you are faithful. Lord, may we be faithful in serving and honoring you. Lord, as you are faithful in providing blessings for each one of us. Lord, we do as I always do. I always pray for our leadership, not only in the church, but Lord, I pray and I thank you that you have provided leadership for us in other aspects as well. In our government, you set up a structure, a society, so that it would function and it would run and we could be safe and we could go about our business, Lord, doing the will of God in our lives and not worry so much about, about our safety. Lord, 
Father, you've set that system up here in the state of Florida, here in the United States. And Lord, we pray that as we, as we pray for your leaders that you have allowed to be in place, Lord, we pray they may hear from your Holy Spirit. And Lord, they may seek righteousness and they may judge righteously and they may rule righteously, Lord, from their place of position and power that you have given to them. Lord, we pray for Ron in Tallahassee. And Lord, we pray that he will hear from you, O oh God. May he hear your voice, may he listen, may he understand, and Lord, may he rule in righteousness, we pray. Lord, we pray for Joe and Kamala in D.C. And again, we pray the same thing for them. Lord, may they hear from you, may they heed your voice. Lord, may they rule in righteousness and justice across this land. Father, we will give you the praise and the glory. You are the only one who is worth it. You are the only one who is worth our praise and our adoration today. We love you. We say thank you for loving us first. Lord, have right away in our hearts and lives right now through the rest of our time together. Again, search our hearts. See if there be anything that is unlike you. Oh God, may we take care of it before we leave this place. If there be some within the sound of my voice who have never accepted Christ as their Savior. Oh God, may today be the day in which they say, I need Jesus in my life. May they open their hearts. May they pray and they may ask you to come in. And oh God, we know through the power of your word and the truth and the strength of your word, you have told us that Lord, if we would open our hearts, you would come in. God, may that be true today as it has been for thousands of years. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for loving us first. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus, your Son, our Lord, and our Savior. It's in his name we pray, and God's people together said, Amen and Amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I humbly come before you this morning, Father, asking you, Lord, to let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Speak, Holy Spirit, speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first and foremost, giving honor to God and Pastor and Sister Pickett in their absence. I just want to acknowledge them and my brothers, my sisters of the gospel, our deacon, deaconesses, and all who are in attendance this morning. Our scripture reading comes out of Mark. 35, Mark 4, 35 through 41, and Dr. Harris has read, and y'all read responsibly. I want to focus on verse 40 and 41, but he said to them, 
Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, prediction for the year 2023 hurricane season includes about a 70% chance of 14 to 21 named storms of which 6 to 11 could become hurricanes and 2 to 5 can become major hurricane. Hurricane season in Florida begins June 1st and ends November 30th. It's storm season, y'all. Each year, the Florida Department of Emergency Management puts out preparedness information workshops, etc., to prepare the people of Florida for the possibility of a hurricane. In 2022, Hurricane Ian, Category 4 storm, devastated west, the west coast of Florida. So I'd like to use for a topic today, Jesus quiets the storms of life. Observations from a storm silencer. Observations from a storm silencer. You know, there's no surprise that this country is in a state of turmoil and tragedy. From the fires in Maui over in Hawaii to the breakdown, or should I say to the meltdown of our governmental body. Look at the state of our churches in chaos and confusion. People are frustrated, frightened, and fractured. As I watch the incidents that unfold throughout the church and as I listen to the response from the clergy, my fellow brothers and sisters of the cloth, I could feel their pain and their frustration. There's a storm going on in this country and it's getting stronger and stronger each day. Y'all know eventually storms grow in strength fueled by the conditions of the air, moisture, and the conditions begins the temperature uh, uh, with the temperatures of the ocean until it eventually becomes a hurricane. And as the conditions worsen and as the wind picks up, those hurricanes become categories one through five storm. It continues to grow as the wind picks up. It strengthens uh, increase. It strength increase and the stronger the winds, the more danger or damage the storm is. Did you hear what I said? The stronger the winds, the more damage is done. Right. Right. Let me make it plain for you. Homes and families are fractured or fail because of the winds of weariness. The winds of weakness, the winds of woundedness and worry, and the wickedness and the waywardness of the world. I'm talking about a storm, y'all. In this situation, we find in Mark 4 that when uh, Jesus and the disciples were on their way across the Sea of Galilee, a storm arose. You see, Jesus had been speaking to the multitudes and had not rested, so he was tired, y'all. Note, this shows the human side of Jesus and he needed to rest he was tired and if I may in my 21st century mind Jesus like many of us figured he could catch a nap while someone else was driving or steering the boat from the west to the east of the lake or the sea of Galilee you see fewer people lived on the other side Jesus needed to get away for a minute 
The Sea of Galilee was susceptible to certain violent storms because of its geography. It's like that with the ocean as a whole. You see, nature is unpredictable, y'all. No matter how much technology we have, everything is just a good guess. It is man's best guess due to the data from the instruments that have been deployed in space and in the ocean. I'm sure the disciples did not check the weather report before launching out on their journey across the lake in the Sea of Galilee. You see, Jesus was tired and the only thing the disciples focused on was to get Jesus in the boat and starting their journey across. Want to share with you several lessons uh, from an unpredictable storm, several observations. You see, I say unpredictable storms because sometimes the weatherman or woman guess right or at least tells us the possibilities of the approaching storms. I have several observations that God has given me to share with you about peace and calm in the midst of a storm. How many of you know that we're going through a storm called life? I'm talking about strife and struggle. I'm talking about suffering all around us. You know, when we hear from the weatherman that a storm is approaching and it's scheduled to hit Florida, we usually have a few days to prepare. People scramble to get supplies, water, etc. in preparation for the storm or the pending hurricane. You see, there are meteorological signs that inform the weatherman or woman that a storm is approaching. It's up to the people to get prepared for the approaching storm. Those who are prepared usually fare well. Those who are not prepared find themselves in need of being rescued or at a minimum they need food or water because they did not prepare for the pending storm. You know, when I was the area coordinator for eight counties for Florida Emergency Management, every year we had workshops and we provided information on how to prepare for the upcoming hurricane seasons. But no matter how much we preached and we held seminars and provided information, there were just some people who were not prepared. That's like some today, some of the believers are non-believers today. You see, the Bible never says that there will not be storms. But what Jesus says is that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8. Jesus tells us that the thief, the evil devil comes to kill, steal and destroy. He tells us that he came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. John 10 and 10. So the storms have been predicted, but the times of the storms have not been pinpointed. Did you hear what I said? The storms are predicted. They're just not pinpointed on when they will happen. We have been told that there will be storms and it's up to each of us to be prepared for the pending storms of life. How many of you run into some storms throughout your lifetime? You see, Jesus is our storm regulator. He has given us a book that can help us with any of life's storms. Let's take a look at the scripture. We find in Mark 4.35 on the same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Jesus had been preaching and speaking to the multitudes all day and wanted to get away to the other side. The commentary tells us that Jesus was tired as could be expected. The scripture says that 
uh, that was evening, and when Jesus said, referring to the disciples, cross over to the other side, it is speculated that Jesus wanted to go over and get some rest. After all, he had been speaking to the multitudes. In verse 36, we find that now when they had left the multitudes, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. Notice that the scripture says that they took him along in the boat as he was. The uh, 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 he was implies that Jesus was exhausted and the disciples took him without preparation. One would assume that Jesus got to the boat and as soon as possible and the Jesus sat in the stern of the boat resting sleeping on a pillow. Footnote. Please remember his humanity and his divinity are different. In his humanity, he was tired. In his divinity, he was awake and ready. So Jesus was tired and wanted to go to the other side of the river. I want to tabernacle here for a moment. There is something important that is happening, and we're going to miss it if I just gloss over the fact that Jesus was resting. You see, in its humanity, the scripture wants us to see that rest is a necessity to sustain and maintain a healthy life. Jesus worked all day healing and feeding the multitudes and speaking and preaching. The people kept coming and Jesus kept working. Let's just take a look at what Jesus had done up to that point. Chapter 4, verse 1 says, And again he began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude gathered to him so that he got in the boat and sat in on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. The biblical definition of a multitude is a large crowd of people. And I've seen where that crowd could be 100 to 10,000. There are no exact numbers here, but verse 1 says that Jesus taught a great multitude. Not just a multitude, but a great multitude, meaning uh, uh, there were many that gathered to hear Jesus speak. I know there are educators in the room. I, I, I know school has started. Can you imagine teaching 1,000 or 10,000 students? I know I started at Southeastern back in 2007, 2008, and I was given uh, the introduction to sociology class. It was the freshman class that would come in, and uh, uh, they did, you know, I, I was wondering why nobody else wanted that class. I was wondering why there was snickering and laughing when I was given the class, come to find out that the class was so large that it had to be held in the chapel. My fresh, first freshman class was almost 500 students. I stood uh, up in, uh, up in uh, the pulpit teaching almost 500 students about introduction to sociology. So needless to say, after the day ended, I was worn out. Some, some scenes like Jesus teaching the multitudes after he taught for so long he was tired. You know, life has a way of doing things and making us, uh, 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 um, making us take a step back to relax. I always say, uh, 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 if you don't take the time to rest, God has designed the body to rest for us. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen. 
Uh, listen, listen. Uh, I mean, so tired to the point sometimes that you're struggling to stay awake. I mean, to the point that driving home becomes a challenge because you're so tired. And once you get home and you sit down, you lose track of all time. When you wake up, you've been asleep for three hours. You see, God designed us that if we don't purposely rest, our bodies will do it for us. Amen, somebody. I'm telling you from experience, y'all, the body will shut down and take us down with it. Here we find Jesus exhausted. The disciples, uh, his, uh, he's the, the disciples, his, in his humanity, he's exhausted. He's tired. And as you see, the scripture tells us that the other little boats were also with him as they were crossing to the other side. I don't want you to miss other little boats also with him. Without preparation, other little boats followed Jesus. It is the longing to be in his presence that we should be willing to launch out into the waters to follow him. Dropping everything that we have to follow Jesus. Simon Peter and his brother Andrew did that. Matthew 4, 18, 20 through 20 tells us, uh, uh, and Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting nets into the sea for they were fishermen. 19 says, then he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of uh, men. Look what they did in verse 20. It says they immediately left their nets and followed him. They dropped everything and immediately followed Jesus. They didn't know where Jesus was going, but followed him anyway. Didn't have time to tell their parents, but followed him anyway. Didn't have a chance to pack, just followed him anyway. We must be willing and ready to go when and where God tells us to go. We must be willing to drop everything and sometimes everybody and just go. I know that sounds difficult, but that's what God expects from us. The disciples in our scripture text, along with the other little boats, came across the Sea of Galilee, not knowing that a pending storm was coming. This brings me to my first observation. The first observation from this scripture passage is that storms are inevitable. My mama used to tell me, just keep on living. If you have not had a storm in life, just keep on. And I'm talking to the young people because I can tell you from our seasoned saints to some of our middle-aged people, they've encountered some storms of life. And if you have not, keep on living. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you. That uh, no one is immune to the challenges and the trials and the hardships that life throws our way. In verse 35, it says that day when he had come, he said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side. Notice that Jesus did not say, let's go halfway across the lake. And if a storm comes, we'll turn back. Uh, he knew that they would encounter a storm, but he still led them into it. Did you, did you get that good hope? Jesus, it's not like he didn't know the storm was coming. Uh, and he didn't say when the storm hits, we're going to turn around. I, I want to I put a pin here for you, uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Turning around is never an option. Do you hear me? Turning around is never an option. God always wants us to keep going forward. Uh, even in the midst of the storm. It does you no good to be in the middle of the storm and go backwards. You just keep going forward and eventually you're going to come out 
of the storm. Amen, somebody. Listen, he knew that they would encounter a storm, but he still led them into it. Similarly, we cannot avoid the storms of life, but what we can do is trust Jesus to help us weather those storms. Here we find Jesus performing the work of his father, God. In the midst, he grows tired because of the multitude of people and looks to travel to the other side for rest. Follow me here. Jesus is tired and they quickly take off to travel to the other side of the lake in the Sea of Galilee. We see uh, with him comes many other tiny boats. Jesus is tired and resting. And then verse 37 states that a great windstorm arose. Jesus is tired and a great windstorm arose unpredicted, unexpected, and unprepared. Does that seem like some of us? Like those curves at us and sometimes we're not prepared for the change in the wind. Life does not always give us a warning about pending storms. I'm talking about unexpected sickness. Unexpected loss of a job. Unexpected breakups, unexpected chaos and killings around this country and even unexpected losses of a loved one. You see, everything is going along well and then all of a sudden the bottom drops out. It looks like there is no end to the storm and all the while you're crying out to Jesus and he is asleep in the stern of the boat. Jesus is sleeping because he is tired in the humanistic sense and a storm arises out of nowhere. This brings me to my second, I mean my first observation uh, continuing. Storms will come on upon us as most, at our most vulnerable moments. That's not to say storms will not arise when things are going well. Just look at Job's. But the majority of the time storms arises when we are at our weakest and most vulnerable points in life. I'm telling you from experience, life will throw us large and small storms. The scripture says in verse 37 that this was a great storm. You don't know how much uh, 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 I said it was a great storm. Listen, listen, whether we are prepared or not, the storms are going to come. Does not matter if you're prepared or not, the storms will come. Bit by bit, the waters of life, struggles, strains, situations, and setbacks will continue to fill our boats. There is someone right now sitting out here in the congregation and listening to my voice whose boat is filling up with water. You don't know how much more water your boat can take. Your boat has been battered, beaten, and bruised, but it is still sailing despite the raging winds and the downpour of rain. Your boat is still sailing. I'm here to encourage you to keep on sailing, battered, beaten, bruised, broken, busted, and disgusted. Keep on sailing. Keep on moving toward the destination. Remember, we never turn around. We keep going forward. You keep getting up. Putting one foot in front of the other is the best you can do sometimes. The simple act of brushing your teeth becomes a major task, but you still get up. Life keeps taking more and more and you keep on selling. It seems like the closer you get to Christ, the stronger the storm. The more intense the wind and the harder the rain. But you know what? You keep on selling. Although the world seems to be going out of control, chaos, confusion, death, and destructions, our boats must keep on sailing. We see here the disciples' boats kept 
on sailing. Even though the winds and the raging storm and the boat was filling up, they kept on moving forward to the other side. Don't miss this, my brothers and sisters. Not once does it say that they stopped in the middle of the storm. Not one time does it say that they dropped anchor in the storm. Not one time does it say that they turned around and headed back in the direction they came. It's important that we see this passage and understand that they kept sailing forward. The boat tossed and turned, water filled the vessels, but they kept on selling. They had the options of anchoring or turning around, but they kept on selling. I don't know about you, but when I'm in my storms of life, I just keep on moving. I might not be moving as fast as I used to, but I'm still moving. I'm still moving for one simple reason, and that is I know who I have in my boat. The disciples knew who they had in the boat. Look at what the scripture says. I don't want you to miss this verse 38, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Did you get that? He was asleep in the stern on a pillow. Jesus is teaching us that there's not a storm big enough to shake and wake him out of his sleep. Let me say that again. Jesus is teaching us that there's not a storm big enough to shake and wake him out out of his sleep he is showing us that we must maintain our composure in our storm Uh, our life is going to throw everything that it has including the kitchen sink but he is teaching us that we have to maintain our composure in our storms he is teaching us we have to know who can quiet our storms. Uh, He is showing us that we must maintain our cool. He is showing us that we must maintain our commitment to keep on flowing, to keep on rowing, and to keep on growing toward Christ. You see, my brothers and sisters, while in the storms of life where the seas are tossing and turning us, where the winds are pushing up against us, we've got to keep on sailing. And listen to me, and if the sail breaks, then pick up an oar and row. If the oar breaks, use your hands. We must keep on moving while in our storms of life. I know that many in this world, especially this country, uh, uh, is messed up and mixed up and has made up their minds to disobey the word of God. But we must keep moving toward our destination. You see, even in the storm, Jesus is right there. Even in the sickness, Jesus is right there. Even in the pain of losing loved ones, Jesus is right there. Even in the pushbacks, the pullbacks, and the put-down, Jesus is right there. Verse 38 says, but he was in the stern. Don't miss this, y'all. He did not take a later boat. He did not book a first-class ticket on the Royal Caribbean. He was where the disciples were in the boat and in the storm. He knew the pending storm would happen, and he was right there with don't you know God knows our storms he knows are uh, there all when when we're gonna go into our storms don't you know he sent his son Jesus to be right there with us in the storms in the midst of the wind and the rain and the boats are filling up he is right there with us verse 38 he was in the in the stern listen my brothers and sisters we not be, may not be able to see him like the disciples, 
but we can feel his presence and hear his voice if we just take the time to listen. Doesn't the scripture say faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for? Not one of us in here has ever seen God. Not one of us in here has ever seen Jesus. But the scripture tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it is the evidence of things not yet seen. I don't have to see him to know that he's real. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have to put my hands on him to know that he's real. I, I just need to experience what I'd experienced in life to know that he has been right there in the midst of my storms. Uh, uh, uh. Observation two, I don't want you to miss this, but he was in the stern of the boat. Did you get it, my brothers and sisters? He was in the stern of the boat. I don't know about you, but I don't care if Jesus is in the stern or in the bow of the boat, just as long as he is in the boat. Doesn't matter where he is in the boat, just as long as he is in the boat. Let me just say that one more time. I don't care if Jesus is in the stern or the bow of the boat just as long as he is in the boat you see long as Jesus as long as he's in the boat I know everything's gonna be all right I know everything you see I know as long as I got King Jesus as the songwriter says I don't need nobody else I, I, I don't care who else is in the boat as long as I got Jesus in the boat with me uh, uh, Jesus is with us in the storms. In verse 30, 36, it says, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. Jesus sat in the boat. Even though Jesus was fully aware of the storm that was coming, he went with the disciples. He did not abandon them. Likewise, when we face our storms, we can take comfort in knowing that Jesus is with us every step of the way. But look, like the disciples, too many of us fail to realize that as long as Jesus is in the boat, as long as Jesus is uh, with us, everything will be all right. Look at the disciples and how they acted. They, they had Jesus in the boat with them, but they failed to realize the spiritual power of Christ. Verse 38 says that they awoke Jesus. Now, it was interesting. Uh, I thought about that thing a minute, Brother Seth. I said that the storm was raging. And you got all them boys in the boat with Jesus. Now, remember, these are his ride or die. And I was thinking, uh, you, they said they awoken. But I said, why didn't Peter, who is always the most outspoken one, why didn't he reach over there and awake Jesus? Remember now, the storm did not wake him. The wind and the rain did not wake him. The disciples awoke Jesus. So I, I had that thought for a minute, like as bold and as bad as Peter was, why didn't he Wake Jesus. Then I thought about it. I said, okay, what about old Doubting Thomas? Why didn't Doubting Thomas go over there? You know, he doubt everything else. But with sometimes with that storm, and then I thought about where was Judas at uh, when the storm was he in the boat? Why didn't he wake him up? He uh, 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 listen, I listen, I think I just thought that's just me thinking like it took all of y'all together. You know how it is in school, or how it is when you gotta go and ask mom and dad something. You know how it is. Which one of the brothers and sisters? Now we know JoJo is the most outspoken one. We're going to get the baby to go do it because the baby, they like the baby more. Y'all don't push the baby up to go do it. That's how we do. But they, but they did not do that. Listen, it was the disciples noticed what the scripture says, and they mean it more than one. Uh, 
And they woke Jesus. Uh, at first, I, like I said, I thought about it. Uh, more than one of the disciples woke Jesus up. The scripture says, they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You see, we implies that they included Jesus when in fact Jesus knew they were not perishing. But because of Jesus' demeanor and how he positioned, he was positioned in the boat, it led the disciples to think that Jesus was unconcerned about their life. You know, when Irma blew through here, y'all, in 2017, it was Sister Stephen's first hurricane. Born and raised here, been through several hurricanes and storms. This was her first one. She's from Connecticut. They don't know nothing about those. Especially those, you know. <clears throat> it was Sister Stevens, and it was Gloria's first hurricane. She was here. We had a sister, uh, Felicia, and her husband, uh, Brother Hawkins, over, and we had the house boarded up. And at the height of the storm, y'all, I was on the couch sleep. I just laid down. I wasn't nothing I could do, so I was on the couch sleep. So I'm over there sleeping, and, and I was like, hey, what, what, everything all right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Fall back to sleep. Hey. What? So, Steve, how can you sleep in this, in this storm? You can't sleep no other time, but you can sleep right now. Well, baby, it's nothing else. I can't do nothing about the storm. All I can do is go to sleep and wait for it to pass. Sister Hawkins, Brother Hawkins, and myself, we slept during the storm while Sister Stevens and Gloria stayed awake. It was, not, it was not that she did not have faith, but the hurricane was frightening. Uh, and for me, I knew I could not do anything about the storm, but I knew someone who could. I knew that God was there before the storm. He was there with us in the storm, and he continued to be there even when we came through the storm. God already knows about our pending storms, and he knows when we are in the middle of a storm. Observation three, too many times we fail to realize that God knows exactly what's going on with us even before it happens. Don't you know that God knew that you were going to lose that job? Don't you know that God knew that your health was going to fail at this certain time? Don't you know that God knew that, 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 that he was going to take this child or that child? Don't you know that God knew it and he prepared you for it even before you even realized that he was preparing us for the fact that this storm was coming. Too many times we fail to realize it. Listen, he is omniscient. Remember that former things, those are long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known, this is what the scripture says, I make known in from beginning from ancient times, what is still to come. He says, I say my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. Isaiah 46, 9 through 10. There's nothing that goes on with us that happens to us that God is not aware of. Nothing. There's nothing going on. You're going through some things out there in life right now. God is aware of what's going on. He is always aware of our circumstances and he's always right there with us. I know at times it might not feel like it. I know 
At times, it feels like we're all alone, left out to dry, flinging in the winds and being tossed about in the storms. But I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, that God is right there. He said in Hebrews 13 and 5, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus knew the condition of the boat and the condition of the disciples' faith. Did you hear what I said? Jesus knows what condition we are in when we're going through our storms. Jesus knows that we are tired. Jesus knows that uh, we are weary. Jesus knows that we are hurting. Jesus knows the conditions of our boat when we're going in our storm. Verse 39 says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. That shout right there, y'all. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Observation four, Jesus has power over the storm. Amen, somebody. Let me say that again. Jesus has power over the storm. Let me say that one more time, just in case they didn't get it on radio land. Jesus has power over the storm. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the way, quiet, peace, be still. Then the winds died down, and it was completely calm. The miracle demonstrates that Jesus has authority over nature. He can calm the winds and the waves and with just a word. He didn't do any hocus pocus. He didn't have to wave a wand. He didn't have to do any type of dance. He stood up. He said, peace, be still. I, I, I need you to get that so you know that in the midst, in the height, highest height, of your storms in the highest height of your tribulations and trials, Jesus stands up and says, Peace be still. I'm here to tell you when we face our storms, our own storms, we can take comfort in knowing that Jesus has power over them. In Psalms 107 29, it says, He stilled the storms to a whisper, the waves of the sea were hushed. Jesus got up and said to the wind and the sea, you see, Jesus called out each element by its name. First, the wind and the sea. You see, it was Jesus' way of showing the disciples the depth of his authority over the elements. He said, peace, be still in the middle of the storm. Jesus stood up, commanded the wind and the sea to be still, y'all. You see, when we are going through life's storm, we have to remember where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord. Sister Stephen sings, I lift up my eyes to the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I, I don't want you to miss that, my brothers and sisters. Fifth and final observation, although Jesus was speaking to the elements, we can take solace that the two words, peace and calm, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let your heart not be troubled, nor let it be fearful. John 14, 27. The peace Jesus is referring to in John is different than the peace that uh, he instructed the winds and the sea. You see, the peace in John 4, 14, 27 is internal and external peace. 
Did you get that? It is internal and external. It is the peace that allows us, I'm talking about Christians, my brothers and sisters, to remain calm in the midst of chaos and confusion. It is that internal peace that I'm talking about that, that uh, it remains that allows us to remain calm in the midst of calamity and conformity to the world. Uh, it is that peace that remains allows us to remain calm when everything else around us is falling apart. That peace begins with its calm as you go into the storms and while you're in the middle of the storms. No matter what circumstances you have this peace that surpasses all understanding non-christians don't understand it atheists challenges it but it is real as the songwriter said this joy that i have the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away so although this world may be messed up and mixed up if you have made up your mind to follow jesus your peace and calm will surpass all understanding. In order to know him, we got to trust him. In order to know him, we got to trust him. Uh, I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, look what Jesus says in verse 40. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Jesus is saying, you got me in the boat and you still scared. That's what he's saying. You got me in the boat and you still scared. Don't you realize, haven't you seen, you've been rolling with me since day one. Haven't you seen me heal the sick? Haven't you seen me raise the dead? Haven't you seen me work these miracles? And you're still scared. Got me in the boat and you're still scared. Jesus is saying if your, saying if your faith was that of a mustard seed, you will not be fearful of the outcome of the storm. I like how one commentator puts it he, when he said, Faith dispels fear, but only in proportion to its strength. Strong faith, little fear. Little faith, lots of fear. When you know that you know that you know that you know and you know that you know you have the peace because you have Jesus. You have calm because you have Jesus. Do you want that level of peace in your seasons of storm? A peace of God that surpasses all understanding, human and divine. Did you hear that? Human, there's one place and one way to get that peace, and that is through Jesus to his Father God. Jesus stood up and quieted the storm. Do you know him? Do you know him? Is he in your boat right now? You are going through a storm of life and it seems like the, like the Titanic, the boat is sinking. But I'm here to remind you that as long as you got King Jesus, as long as he is in the boat, uh, he is able to take that boat and raise it out of any storm. There is no amount of water, there's no uh, strength of wind that can sink a boat that Jesus is in. Uh, there's one place and one way to get that peace though. And that is through Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Uh, 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 do you know him my brothers and sisters? There's some out there that are going through some tough times right now. Trying to find their way out of their dark places and tight spaces and they're looking in all the wrong places. I'm telling you my brothers and sisters just look up 
to Jesus. Do you know him? He is the same Jesus that while we were yet sinners allowed the world to crucify him. Do you know him? Uh, he has many names and answers to them all. I'm here to tell you Mary called him Jesus. The disciples called him teacher and master. Isaiah called him Emmanuel, Jehovah, and the prince of peace. I'm here to tell you Timothy called him the king of kings and the Lord of oh Lord. Do you know him? Listen, listen, uh, I, 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 if I can describe him uh, to you, uh, there's just no words to put out who, how to describe him. He is indescribable and incomprehensible. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they could not stop him. I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, uh, uh, listen, he always has been and he always will be. Uh, I'm talking about the I am that I am. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm talking about he had no predecessors and he'll have no successors. Uh, I'm here. There was nobody before him and there will never be anyone after him. He truly is our alpha and our omega. The scripture says that Jesus suffered, bled, and died on Calvary's cross. Do you see him? Is he in your boat right now? Jesus the Christ hanging on Calvary's cross for peace and calm. Can you see them taking him down off the cross and putting him in Joseph's tomb? Can you see Jesus lying there all night, Friday night and Saturday? But somewhere at 12.01 a.m. early Sunday morning, before the dew was on the ground, I want to tell you that Jesus sat up, stood up, got up with all power in his hand. Is he in your boat today? I don't know about you, but whatever it is you're going through, uh, look in the stern or the bow of your boat. And if Jesus is not there, then we want to invite you to invite Jesus to come into your house, into your life. Uh, uh, the doors of the church are open. Listen, I'm talking to any, everyone. If you don't know Jesus for yourself. We invite you to come forward. The only way to get to the Father is through Jesus Christ. Uh, 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 listen, I'm going to ask Sister Annette Granger to come and sing tomorrow. You see, it's easy to put it all uh, uh, and say, I'll come tomorrow. But your storms come today and Jesus is not in your boat uh, tomorrow. Maybe uh, be to, may, if he is not in your boat, tomorrow may be too late. Uh, too many young people are gone. Too many middle-aged people are gone. Too many elderly are gone without knowing him. Because you know what they said? Tomorrow. They said, I, 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 I'm a little busy today. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be ready and be right. But I'm here to tell you, got some people in this sanctuary right now that will tell you that tomorrow just might be too late. Uh, tomorrow is not promised. Can be healthy one moment. You better get Jesus in your boat. Uh, if he's not in your boat, you better put him in your boat right now. This is your time and your opportunity. Tomorrow, my brothers and sisters, are not promised. And it doesn't have an age limit on it. You can be from a newborn to a, a, a centurion. It is no age limit. Tomorrow might just be too late. You better get Jesus in your boat.
said come on here I stand won't you please take my hand he's asking for it right now and you said I will come on tomorrow too many out there saying tomorrow Jesus said I am he who supplies yes, yes. all your needs and you said I know I promise y'all. Tomorrow. Come on, y'all sing it. Give my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, Won't you come? I thought about today. Tomorrow's not promised. Oh, yes. It's so much easier to say. Got too many people saying tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'll give my life. We need Jesus in your boat right now. You better choose the Lord. Your storms will never quiet if Jesus is not in your boat. Very well might be too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tell you that tomorrow's not promised telling you from experience that tomorrow is not promised we're gonna have storms some of you are in storms right now some of you are in the battle for your life right now but you take solace in knowing that Jesus is in your boat he is right there with you he's there in the midst of your cancer treatment he's right there he's there in the midst of your struggles and strife he is there uh, in your lowest of the low i mean he is there to pick you up out of the mari clay but if you don't know him if he is not in your boat your storms will keep raging i'm here to tell you i am won't you come you may be listening to us on YouTube and on the phone or Facebook Live. All you need to do is repeat after me if you want him in your boat. Just tell him like this, Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I believe and I know. Jesus suffered, bled, and died, and I believe that he rose again. I accept you. Lord, please accept me into your kingdom. I accept you into my life and my heart. I give my life to you. If you said that, I want to welcome you to the family of God. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. And one more time, let the church say, amen. Listen, I don't care how many drugs you sold. I don't care how many drugs you've done. I don't care what you did with, with and before you met him. 
for now your sins have been forgiven go ahead and give it up welcome to his family and our family of God Father God in the name of Jesus we thank you for your son Jesus we thank you for Jesus being in our boat Lord we thank you for the opportunity for the opportunity to come before your throne of grace messed up mixed up and be given another chance in Jesus name Amen stumbling and make you stand in his presence of glory blameless with great joy to the only God our Savior through Christ Jesus our Lord be glory majesty dominion and authority before all times now and forever and the church says